This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Climbers, today we're going to unpack an article from Billboard magazine, our major labels, cooling on viral artists. That's what we're going to get into today and just kind of give you some really good pointers on what you should be focused on. And before we get started, I'm going to put this at the beginning of the show. It's all about creating traffic and understanding digital platform better. It's a free PDF download for you. Just go to giftfromjohnny.com. The PDF is robust. I think it's like 36 pages. It is called Whoever Owns the Traffic Rules the Road. This is sort of your manifesto for moving forward and understanding the digital platform and how to honor it. Just go to giftfromjohnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. It's totally free. Just tell me where to send it and we'll get it to you. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need, guys, to get ahead. That's the name of the game. It's about what have you done for me lately, not how much talent you have and what you can do for me tomorrow. That's what we call the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business business. That's a Baxteronym from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. He's one of those cats that has those songs that he wrote that is like beloved by songwriters too. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking specifically of Monday Morning Church. Oh, hmm. you wrote that? Mad respect, man. Mad respect. Huh. He's also got a couple number ones in the last few years in Southern Gospel, working on his third one. Hopefully that's doing well. And uh, top 10 in Australia in the last couple months, which is good. So he's still making miracles happen, baby. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he connects people with the pros, and these connections create relationships and get single song deals and cuts and all kinds of stuff. So you want to find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but you know, Johnny's he knows what all the big words mean. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. What's up? How you living? Happy, uh... Happy June 1st to you, buddy. Happy June 1st. Happy June 1st at the time of this recording. By the time this comes out, happy June 20th. But yes. <laughs> That's right. Happy June 20th. A little peek behind the curtain there. <laughs> I'm stoked, Janelle. I'm taking uh, 
So a sort of pseudo half day tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'm still going to be having a conference call with uh, Mackenzie O'Brien and her father on the way up. But we are driving to Louisville tomorrow to Ooh. go see our friend Mark Maxwell and the Crashers. Nice. With my sister and my nephew. And Lexi's going to be there because mm-hmm. she lives in Louisville now. And so it's going to be like a big old hang Oh, that's awesome. with some good music. And totally stoked about that. It's like a big outdoor free show. And um I'm excited to see him again. You know, they're just so dang good. It's awesome. Oh, that's that's great. It's I just booked some stuff for a trip some of us have coming up that I'm excited about. So the boys and I, because Hazy doesn't travel very well, but the boys and I are gonna go to New Mexico out to Ship Rock. It's a basically Navajo reservation, and we're gonna be doing some um some service out there, some you know, vacation Bible school out there for a couple of days. My in-laws church, they go out there when it's non-pandemic years. And so we're going to go out there and then we're going to be out there for a couple of days. So I've never really spent much time over in that part of the world. And then when that's over, we're going to take a day and go to the Grand Canyon. And so I got a campground at the Grand Canyon last night, booked that. Away. So we're going to drive through like Monument Valley and that's the plan. And then camp over there in one of the campgrounds at the Grand Canyon. And we've never seen that. I've seen like a bit of it flying from like Phoenix to Salt Lake City one time. Yeah. <laughs> like through the clouds, like, I think that's it. <laughs> so I've never really seen it. And so obviously the boys haven't. So we're going to go do that as a, uh, you know, that part, we're going out there for service, but then after that, we're going to get some like some good old homeschool stuff in. Like We're going to learn a lot about some geography and the Grand Canyon and all that stuff and go camping and then have two long days of driving back. So I'm looking forward to that. So just look at that last night. Yeah, well, make sure you pound one of those boys' heads that, you know what, the Great Wall of China's got nothing on us. We got the Grand Canyon. You go up and long, we go down and long. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Boy, let me tell you something. It's like going to the ocean, boy. It makes you feel small. You feel very insignificant. Oh, I bet. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And if we run into any trouble, I'm just going to call Josh Roy because he's only about three or four hours away. That's right. <laughs> that's so come dig out of anything, man. He can do it, too. Exactly. Truck, the whole thing. Exactly. Yep. So that's that's what we got. Well, hey, um, this article in Billboard magazine came out yesterday and just kind of hit me over the head. I thought it'd be good to just get into that and unpack it. Mm-hmm. You know, the record labels and their perspectives on viral artists and what's happening, because I think it's, as artists, as indie artists, y'all are trying to model your marketing after whatever artists you like that have major label deals and stuff like that. Yeah, And you need to know from the inside when stuff's changing and, and what's going on. So I want to keep you on top of that. And as always, just try to keep you on point with understanding that you need to have a boatload of marketing and how to do the promotion right on a digital platform as opposed to broadcast. So Mm -hmm. before we get into that, though, let's take care of some business. We want you to join the Climb community on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. And boy, we saw a big rush. Uh, The last one I did from, I think from as a result of the new podcast platform we're on, which is Pantheon Media, which is really super cool. But uh, this is a thriving community, guys. This is, you know, people asking questions. They're Mm -hmm. shouting out about their new songs. They're shouting out about their wins. They're shouting out about their gigs. And they're putting it in the right place, which is the only thing we ask you to do, really. And, you know, you ask questions, get answers, right? Brett and I are in there as much as we can be to offer up those questions. And Brent will tag me or 
or I'll tag Brent on something if I see something and I don't think he saw it yet and, mm-hmm. and let you know. But, you know, marketing, songwriting, a lot of co-writing that have been connected through the podcast or through the climb community on Facebook, which is great. And we love to share the wins. So let's talk about, uh, it's called New Heights on every Wednesday, but we call it Wednesday Wins. What is it? What do we got? That's right. So usually we have more than we have time to share, but we're excited about these. Every every Wednesday we post these, and we love for you to share your wins with us so we can celebrate with you. Uh, let's see here. Brian Mullen says, got a podcast appearance scheduled, mainly because of my wife's success and my love for the band Tesla, but I'll take it as an opportunity anyway. So I guess he's, as a creative, going to be going on a podcast. So awesome. So when that drops, Brian, be sure and put, post a link in there under the winds, that sort of thing. That's a great place to do that. Or even under gig alert, you can be like, hey, had a gig on a podcast. Here's a link. That's all good. We love that. Or feel free to do both as long as it's a comment on one of those posts. That's cool. And yeah, I want to know because mm-hmm. um, hello, I love Tesla. Yeah. And podcast. Look at that. Well, let's see here. Chris uh, Schuler said, secured an opening gig supporting my touring band at a great stage near my town. So getting gigs there. So that's awesome. Let's see here. What else? Oh, yeah. So Kathy Wallace says, so humbled and proud that a song I wrote with the amazing Jessica Rose won the NSAI chapter challenge for the coordinators. So good stuff there. And I know it just actually just dropped today, but our friend Sunday Joe Graham had a song in the top 10 of the co-write pitch event for songwriting pro for Zane and Donna King. So she's going to be able to hang out with Zane and Donna. I know she's done some workshops and stuff with them before, but this is uh, through songwriting pro and you know nine other writers as well. Get to come on and sit down with them, play the song start, like a verse and a chorus, and then see if Zane and Don are interested in writing on it. So it's that whole connect to the pros kind of thing. So congrats to Sunday Joe and everyone else that made the top 10. But she's on my mind just because she's already posting about it on social media. At the time of this recording, the announcement just came out like two hours ago. So good stuff. Oh, awesome. Well, good. Congratulations, Sunny Joe. That's Jay. We love you. All right. So listen, follow the podcast wherever you consume your podcasts and look for us to be interviewing some people, some other podcasters on this show from our new podcast network, which is it's over 100 podcasts. It's all about music from consumer stuff to music business stuff. And we've been getting some requests there and we're going to put some of them on, turn you on to some other informative podcast that you can check out to see if it's a good fit or not. Mm-hmm. Why don't you check that out? And then uh, tell a friend about it. That's the biggest thing. If you're getting something out of this, which you must be, there's 10,000 of you a month that are like, I'm listening to this episode. We want you to tell somebody about it because, you know, help us help them, right? That's right. So let's get into this. The article is, is the same title as the podcast. It's our major labels cooling on viral artists. After years of paying big for songs going viral on social media, the label strategies may be shifting. This is in Billboard magazine. It's written by Elias Light, just to give credit where credit's due. Mm -hmm. So let's unpack this. I'm going to read through this article, and then we'll just kind of jump in, Brent, when you need to, and I will too, to just start making some points here. But on February 4th, the rapper Superstar Pride posted a 19-second clip to TikTok of a somber song called Painting Pictures. He was basically unknown with less than a thousand on-demand streams in the U.S. in January, according to Luminate. But TikTok is famous for its ability to help newcomers attract eyeballs. The unadorned clip, just a rapper and a microphone marooned on a tennis court, quickly passed one million views on the app 
And the week ending February 9th, on-demand streams of painting pictures leapt from a negligible number to over 130,000 streams just based on the response to the viral video. Pride posted another popular video video eight days later. The following week, on-demand streams ballooned to more than 4 million. So this was a crazy conversion to streaming, says one senior label executive. Pride made the rounds. Every label was talking to him. But in the end, the rapper announced that he was staying with United Masters, which initially distributed the single. So that's saying that, you know, he got a lot of meetings, a lot of opportunities, but then stayed where he was. Some artists prefer the independent route. We at the podcast here, Brent and I, promote that as well. Not as the only route. Sometimes a label deal for an artist is really going to make sense, but a lot of times it doesn't. And I think there's just too many indie artists out there who feel like that's their only path. And we want you to know that the independent path is always a really good way to go, even if ultimately you're going to end up on a label. It's just have more leverage when you get there, right? Mm -hmm. So Superstar Pride's success is just another example of an independent artist finding tremendous success without the need to give up his rights to a record company. United Masters, which is the company that Pride is with right now, uh, Steve Stout told Billboard in March, the rapper's path was also complicated by the fact that the Faith Evans sample underpinning painting pictures wasn't cleared initially. Mm. Still, some in the music industry saw this episode as a demonstration of the major label's more cautious approach to viral phenomena. Three or four years ago, If that bidding war had happened, it undoubtedly would have come to fruition, a senior executive says. Somebody would have made the rapper an offer that was too big to turn down. In 2023, however, some labels are disillusioned with their viral pickups, according to one music attorney who spoke on the condition of anonymity. There have been a lot of losses. Buyers are going to be a little bit more deliberate. Buyers meaning the labels, right? Mm -hmm. For several years, the mainstream music industry appeared fixated on signing acts with viral momentum. During interviews, executives described the process of combing through heaps of songs and artist data from streaming and social media platforms, especially TikTok, identifying tracks with hockey stick graphs, the numbers racing up and to the right, and scurrying to lock in a deal before their competitors. Hmm. Privately, some expressed surprise that their jobs seemed similar to stock trading, while Others criticize the signing strategy as basically buying up market share, but foregoing the tough work of artist development. That's a huge thing there. I think I want to take a break on this article right there and just talk about that, the artist development. There's been a number of comments made by Scott Braschetta, by the, uh, I'm forgetting the the name, but the senior A&R at Disney on their label. They all signed big TikTok viral artists. And this was a year and a half ago. Like none of the signings had made any money yet. Yeah. None of the signings are in the black. They're all in the red still. Yeah. Because you're dealing with lightning in a bottle. Some one song that, listen, it's a big difference between a one hit wonder and the Rolling Stones or Tom Petty. (laughs) Right. Or an artist with staying power, George Strait, mm-hmm. Jay-Z. I mean, these are not one-hit wonders. These are artists that have something to say that are also interested in being artists. And I want to say, too, that I know for certain that some of these viral signings, that some of them come from YouTube, mm-hmm. what happens is the artists 
Brent, they get this deal because they have traffic or they have this viral video, and then they kind of kick back and leave it to the label yeah. to, to take it from there. But you guys, this is June 1st, 2023. We're almost halfway through 2023. And at the moment, the record labels still are maybe the only industry on the planet that does not have a direct relationship with their customer. Right, which is just insane. Yeah, let that sink in. You know, your favorite platforms or your favorite networks that you consume television and movie content from, whether that be Netflix or Hulu or NBC, ABC, Disney, CBS, etc., they all have streaming services now, which means they have your name, they have your number, they have your credit card, and they have your data. Mm -hmm. They know what you like and what you don't like. And real-time, super 1,000% accurate data is what's driving their choices for content and marketing specifically to you, mm -hmm. as opposed to the Nielsen ratings, like guesstimates, right? Or in radio, in the music world, we had PPMs, right? These people that have like little beepers on their on their belts or in their purses that recognize the songs you play on the radio and give some sort of report. And it's like, it's a smattering of the marketplace. It's not exactly accurate, right? They're demographics essentially, as opposed to real-time data. So yeah. I think it's important that you guys understand this in that, hey, I wish everybody, I wish for every artist listening that you get a viral video. I really do. I don't want this to come across as bashing virality, but it's the strategy of virality that I'm bashing, right? Yeah. Not the virality. It's the strategy of virality. Like we had Dave Fenley on a couple episodes ago and yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Like in a sense, you go viral when you're on AGT for a hot second mm -hmm. or when you're on The Voice for a hot second, if you, if you stay in it for a while, yeah. right? All of a sudden a bunch of people are going to know your name and if you don't have a marketing plan that is anchored in the fundamentals of marketing, which is reach and frequency uh -huh. and consistency, then you're going to lose it. You're going to lose the virality won't matter. It just becomes exposure, not market penetration. Exactly. Like a lot of exposure and it doesn't convert, uh -huh. right? It just is, is everybody knows who you are. And then guess what? It's the next season of The Voice and they're all focused on that and they forget about you. But you have control over that if you have a plan. And Dave Fenley, I think, is, I mean, is there a better example, Brent, in your mind, after getting to know him for an hour, of the everyman? Yeah. This guy's extremely talented with a voice. I mean, yeah, he's not the everyman as far as talent goes. The dude is super good. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, I don't mean to say that, but like, just like he's just like a real dude. Yeah, yeah, he's put in the work and he has a lot of talent. But he's going about it smart. Yeah, he's smart. And I think the big thing was is that he knew that he didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so then he went to go figure it out. Yeah. But he understood that after the AGT thing, he was like, man, that was a really big opportunity. I blew it. Like, there's, I can do better. Yeah. And so then he went out to do that. Did he know exactly how to do better? Did he have the perfect plan and just turn the key on the engine, hit the gas and go? No. He had a ton of stumbles that he went through and figured it out, mm. but he was doing something. Yeah. And with his limited knowledge of marketing at the time that he did this, because now I would say he's pretty dialed in, right? Yeah. But he turned that episode or that appearance on season 15 of The Voice into, I think it's 650,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and a business where he's making six figures and taking 
good care of his wife and his new baby and himself. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying, every man, it's like this guy wasn't some marketing expert that just played around with being an artist. Right. He was always an artist. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like I, I don't know what he would do if he wasn't singing. He might be climbing a tower with a gun or something, but he focused on the traffic and not so much on the virality. So I want you guys to focus on creating traffic and the way to create traffic is through consistency, right? So mm-hmm. let's move on in the article here. Labels have been aware of social media's power to drive wild surges of interest in songs for more than a decade, at least since PSY's Gangnam Style. You remember that, Brent? Oh, yeah. Gangnam Style. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In 2012 and Bowers Harlem Shake in 2013, if not before. In the years since, social media and streaming platforms have become far more potent and labels invested heavily in honing their research, hiring data whizzes to develop tools that scrape these platforms top to bottom. So they're looking for talent. And that's fascinating, too, by the way. Just side note, like labels spent boatloads of money on tech people to help them search for talent. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they seem to be fighting the fundamentals when it comes to marketing that talent on the digital platforms. You know, that's an interesting dichotomy, is it not? Yeah. We want to spend a lot of money to find out who our next maybe successful artist is, but we don't want to spend a lot of money to find out who our current like customers are. Yeah. yeah. Or how about we're not going to spend a lot of money if one dime on some sort of well-strategized digital marketing strategy that's going to tell mm. us who liked it and who didn't. No, we're going to go and run with this artist and try to put them on radio yeah. and see what happens. You know, like It just doesn't launch artists anymore. So every big label has had access to the same pool of information from the social media partners, more or less. So speedy outreach to artists is essential, right? They've all got access to the same people and you got to be there first. Even so, bidding wars were common, especially in 2019, 2020, and 2021, which was not that long ago, guys. Yeah. But like every single day, another artist signed a deal that was a gazillion dollars, says another music industry lawyer who requested anonymity to speak candidly. And the mad rush to beat up the next label, the song or artist being signed sometimes seems secondary to the data, yeah. right? The fact that they were viral. Mm. People are spending huge on sound effects records when senior executive grumbled in 2020, which is, you know what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, they make all this noise and let's sign that. And then we're not even checking if they're an artist or not. So the checks were big, but so were some of the hits. None more so than Lil Nas X's Old Town Road, which we've spoken about ad nauseum on this podcast. Yeah. He was an early beneficiary of a TikTok craze that went on to become the longest running number one in Billboard Hot 100 history. Still, even with a massive supply of data, forecasting the future remained notoriously difficult. Months of robust streaming for one single may say nothing about the fate of the artist's follow-up. Right? So I'm going to read that again. And I want you to tell me, Brent, like from a marketing perspective, with the exception of the last, with the last part of this line, like what does this remind you of in terms of strategy? So still, even with massive, um, I'm sorry, months of robust streaming for one single may say nothing about the fate of the artist's follow-up. Well, it sounds like exposure versus market penetration, right? So you have one single that does well. Yeah, yeah and to me, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, so you have exposure, you have over those couple months, you have... I mean, that song was everywhere. Yeah. And then after that, 
kind of all I've heard about it is he gave the devil a lap dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I've heard. He has like blood in sneakers or something, which I guess is, you know, reach again, because I've heard about it. But you got to have that follow up. It's all about the follow up. Yeah. And for me, like if we just dissect the first half of that sentence, months of robust streaming for one single. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you get robust streaming for months on one single, that's awesome. But I feel like Billboard and the record labels are still trying to make Spotify walk, talk, and smell like radio mm-hmm. by working a single for months, yeah. right? As opposed to if they were coming at it from the opposite perspective of, okay, we're going to work a single for six to eight weeks. Let's call it a release though, not a single, Mm -hmm. but for six, eight weeks, and we're going to do four or five in a row. You have this long-term sort of plan that is adapted to a digital platform, right? Yeah. And so if you have months of robust streaming and the labels, then the second half of that line is, it says nothing about the fate of the artist's follow-up. (laughs) Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Well, is the follow-up planned out? Like, it's all focused on the one viral hit, the one single. And my fear is that a lot of climbers are doing this too, Mm -hmm. right? That they're just focused on that one viral thing. And hey, if you don't have your ducks in a row and you don't have a solid digital marketing strategy and you get blessed with virality, Mm -hmm. you still lose. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to parlay that into, you're not going to be able to do what Dave Fenley did, man. Yeah. You're not going to be able to turn that into something and keep the momentum going because you're kicking back thinking about this like radio and wow, this has lasted for months and months and months. And then when it's all done, oh, well, we got to get a second song together. We got to shoot a video. We got to shoot all this micro content. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden your pants are down, man. You've already lost. Yeah. And this is, like I got staff and this is hard to stay ahead of, you know, it's a challenge every single day. Yeah. So 
The article goes on, despite artists and labels' best efforts, it's now standard to hear that engineering a trend on TikTok is about as likely as buying a winning lottery ticket from the local corner store. Not good. And it's a lottery that appears to have diminishing returns. Go ahead. I would say, yeah, not good odds. Not good odds. Yeah, not, not good odds. Yeah, viral trends in 2022 did not translate to streaming platforms as effectively as they did in 2020. All you can do is drop music consistently and pray, says another senior executive at a major. Can you listen to that statement, please? <laughs> that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. All you can do is drop music consistently. Love that part. Yeah. Right? Drop it consistently. And the second part, and pray, <laughs> says a senior executive at a major label. Pray for what? That it goes viral. Do you see how off base this is still? This is huge opportunity for indies like you who get how off the mark this is, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I have been in labels and they're like, well, if we go and do this digital thing, like, what do you think we need to spend on ads? You know, and let me step back one. The conversation starts out with they want to go viral and get in front of all these people and get reach and frequency consistently organically yeah so they completely don't understand the algorithm or the organic algorithm of you're going to reach three percent of your people right yeah and if we're talking about a new artist that you just signed this is not taylor swift three percent of 250 million is a hurricane you know what i mean like yeah. that's god bless taylor swift she can be organic but while you're trying to build this audience you need to be intentional about it and organic it doesn't work like that oh I got an analogy. Yeah. So just trusting on organic reach, which again, it's low, super low. It's like saying, I want to have a million fans and I'm only going to play my hometown of like 10,000 people. Yeah. You only really consistently have access to like 10,000 people. Like how are you going to get to the million? That's right. It's like organic. That's exactly right. So then once I explained what you just said, Brent, to like the label people, I'm like, no, you guys, you need it's paid traffic buys us the luxury of interrupting people's feeds that are targeted. So it's not just random people's feeds. It's people that say, we know love country music if it's a country label, which is what I've been talking to you, and the ability to retarget them if they like what they saw. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. So, you know, and I mean, hey, fellas, think about that. Like a uh, number one hit single, God bless you if you get it. But who heard it? I don't know. Yeah. Who liked it? I don't know. I don't know. Who hated it? I don't know. Well, you're paying money, the same amount of money on the second release to reach all those people. But we now have a way where we can know. So then the question is, well, how much should we be spending on digital ads to do that? Well, the same you spend on a P1 radio campaign, man. At least 30 to 50 grand a month in ads. Yeah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. we'll never do that. This is where they're at. And this statement right here, this article came out freaking yesterday is what it is. Drop the music consistently and pray. And by the way, something else we can read into this line. Brent, what does that tell you? The last part of that quote, all you can do is drop the music consistently and pray. What does that tell you about the major labels influence now on Spotify editorial playlists? It means no matter what genre you're in, you always end up Southern gospel. If you're in marketing, no, it, uh, <laughs> <the> break part. <laughs> no, it means they don't have the influence. They can't manufacture that. They can't make Spotify, whoever put you in, kind of in heavy rotation on all the hot playlists. Yeah. They can't guarantee it, you know, especially 
I mean, with her hand out. Exactly. Especially for a new artist. And just to give you some insight on what they mean specifically by engineering a trend on TikTok, because you just mentioned that, Brent. Mm-hmm. It used to be in 2019, there's only 250 million people on TikTok. Yeah. And so you had these influencers that had huge audiences and the labels would write a six figure check to the influencer who go do a dance routine on their TikTok account and the song would explode and take off. And it was so easy. Yeah. Right. And so it's like it didn't require a strategy so much as a relationship and a check. Yeah. You know what I mean? With uh, or, or even knowledge of an influencer and a check that, you know, they're going to take to work that song. But what's happened now is there's over a billion people on TikTok now. And mm. so those influencers have just by design, you know, 25% of the poll they used to have. Yeah. And there's more in their feed. There's more stuff to look at. So it's been diluted and they don't have that kind of, of power anymore. So we're kind of back to, and this is what just is surprising to me, but where is the play for consistency. Like where is the, hey, let's spend money on a digital ad strategy that's just constantly putting our artist's content Mm -hmm. into the feed of the people that we know liked it, right? Yeah. So this is just a great litmus test, guys, on how slow that this industry still is to adapt to this platform. And which means you still have time to beat out the big money and the the lever pullers. Mm -hmm. So- Taking these factors into account, the article goes, go ahead. I was just going to say, just hit me. So I have a better chance of knowing when Tom McDonald drops a new release than I do artists that I like, say like an Eric Church, (laughs) you know, or some of those. Yeah. Because Tom is all about that digital stuff and I subscribe to it on YouTube. So I'll get a notification or I'll get, you know, pop up in my feed kind of thing. Whereas love Eric Church's music and or some of these other folks, whatever, but like they're not interrupting my feed showing up. Yeah. Which is crazy because Tom's totally independent. It's just him and his girlfriend kind of thing, putting out music. And then you have these other labels with all this money and all this pull. And, you know, I mean, I'll see stuff around because I'm in the business. So I pay more attention to that than the average bear. But you can still be like, oh, yeah, have I not heard that yet? I got to go seek it out. Why is it not popping up in my feed? Because I like these artists. Yeah. And to bring something that you've mentioned several times before, Brent, it's guys, just to see how to really get a feel for how off base this is. Just imagine, like, think about the last time you went to Amazon to buy something and you were shopping, but you didn't end up making a purchase. Mm -hmm. You see that product everywhere for like the next two weeks. You see, if you're looking at a pair of shoes, all of a sudden they're in every website that you go to. They're in your Facebook feed, your Instagram feed. They're in on every banner ad that you possibly run across. It's everywhere. It's in your Gmail or your email, sbcglobal.net or whatever. It's in there as an advertisement. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. You even like it's commonplace now that people understand that when they're talking about something around, you know, who that listens to your voice, all of a sudden ads start showing up for that thing that you were talking about. Right. Right. But you don't go listen to a stream that you really like and then ever see that artist again, unless you go through that whole playlist and circle back to where it was in the list. If it's still there by the time you get around to it again. Yeah. Like, so that whole cookie thing, man, they're missing out on the way that digital marketing really works 
in there. But what is when you don't buy those shoes and you see them in your Gmail and you see them in your Facebook feed and you see it in your Instagram feed and you see it on every website that you visit, what are they doing? It's frequency, right? They're pounding Mm -hmm. like, hey, check it out, check it out. You just keep seeing it until they're sure that you already purchased it or you've changed your mind. So they're not going to keep wasting their marketing for more than two weeks on something yeah. that you already either already bought or you're clearly not interested in. But you see the strategy there and it just doesn't exist in the music business. So think about that. So I think about Josh Roy, country artist that you're working with. He's from out of Phoenix. Good dude. Great singer. Yeah. I've enjoyed working with him. So, you know, he just put out his first release, Break My Own Heart, which I did not write. Darn it. But anyway, still good. Okay. So it's out there and like, how are you taking that from that first step to that second step? Because w- what I want to see is like when he eventually cuts one of mine is that he puts the the release out there and the people that like it, next thing they know is in their feed popping up on Facebook or Instagram is like, ooh, the story behind blah, blah, blah title. Oh, what was that? Oh, because I, I like that song. Oh, now I'm seeing the story behind it. Ooh, acoustic version. Ooh, something lyric video. Like, how are you going from like step one to step two? So uh, micro content to start, Mm -hmm. which is something everybody can do from their friggin' iPhone. Yeah. We're starting with uh, Josh and his specific, everybody has their own situation, right? Yeah. You have your own kind of landmarks and cool, beautiful scenery wherever you're from, but Josh is from Phoenix. So there's lots of desert scenery and cool stuff that we can shoot with him just lip syncing and micro content. I mean, it's, he's just lip syncing the chorus. That's it. Right. Yeah. So he flew in because we shot a music video for Break My Own Heart last week. Mm-hmm. And he they flew mm-hmm. in Monday. We shot the video on Wednesday and they flew out. Well, they, they I'm sorry, they flew in Tuesday morning, like really early. Mm-hmm. So they had like a red eye. Essentially, they took a cheap flight from Phoenix that laid over in Vegas. And then from Vegas, it dropped them off in Nashville, at 530 in the morning. I go pick them up. And so Josh is starting to get his head around this now, right? Like he's starting to understand. And so I'm in my forerunner. Okay. I've got a, a forerunner, which has a sunroof on it. And so Josh is like, dude, do you think we could open up that sunroof and like, we could do some content like that. And I was like, <laughs> so I'm driving down music row, lip syncing to a song, stand up through a sunroof. Yes, dude. That's exactly what we did. I'll send it to you. Like he's, he's literally, Oh, you saw it already. Okay. I saw it on socials. Yeah. 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 Driving down music row. There's one over an overpass. That's right by my office. It's right over I 24. And so he's starting to get it right. So then we take that content, we make the colors pop and sync it up and then we post it and we push it out there. Right. So all of a sudden, Listen, he's he's a likable guy. He's a marketable face. He's a good looking man. So we've got the girls liking what they see. They're hearing the song and it's what's going on behind the song Mm -hmm. that matters. Traffic coming at him on the highway or in this case, we got away with it on Music Row because it was like six o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? And we were able to not be pissing people off with (laughs) slowing down traffic. Yeah. yeah, with the slowing down the traffic. So, but there it is. Like, so we're building up like tons of micro content. Then we also shot interview content. Mm-hmm. We shot interviews with him and Blue Foley, who was one of the songwriters for that song. Interviews with him and his manager on the story and how they got started. Interviews 
with him and me talking about how our relationship got started and what I saw in him. Interviews with him and my co-producer, Zach Allen, multi-Grammy winner, mm -hmm. and what he heard in him and all that. And, and these were pieces of content now that we are starting to cut up and repurpose and push everywhere. Some of them work. You know, we put a couple up on his YouTube channel, which is non-existent before Break My Own Heart mm -hmm. came out. And already we've got two shorts on there, which is YouTube's answer to a reel that have over like 1300 views, you know, and we're not even promoting those on YouTube. We're just, that's just because they took off like that and they're doing well on TikTok. And then we're pushing that out into the feeds on Facebook and Instagram. So then we're putting this music video together. So we're pushing that stuff out. So you're able to see basically like, okay, these people watch this much of it so we can retarget them and get in front of them again. Is that how you're getting that frequency? Yeah. So unlike organic content, when it's paid content, you get all this data with it. Now, this is not boosted content. This is boosting is like, Facebook ads light. Okay. Like this is the ads platform. You'll get this on Google. You can get this on Facebook, mm -hmm. which also of course owns Instagram. So yeah, we see the age range that they're in, right? They're mm -hmm. 18 to 25, right? Or 25 to 32 or whatever. We see what device they listen to it on. Was it a computer? Was it a mobile? And what kind of mobile? Was it iPhone or was it an Android? What country are they in? What part mm -hmm. of the country are they in, right? Like what state? How much of the video did they watch, right? Now, micro content's really easy to get somebody to watch the whole thing, okay? Yeah. And so pushing out a lot of micro content where you've just got 20 different videos of you lip syncing the same chorus, but with something different going on in the background is yeah. that's the repetition part that keeps everybody interested on digital. But then, yeah, Brent, what we do is I can see like who saved it, who shared it, mm. who I also can see who commented, who liked it, who reacted to it. I can see how much of the video they watched and I can create audiences now to retarget who specifically like really liked it. So like super hot audiences, which is where people just really dug it right away. It's a way for us. It's a path to us to incubate super, super thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go back to those people with more micro content and then Oh, here's the next release. Yeah. And here's more micro content. And here's, and hopefully those numbers all grow because you add some organic and whatever and they share it. And then that's how you start building. There you go. And it's building, building, building. Like we've got a budget with Josh, but it's not a major label budget. Mm -hmm. We're not spending a half a million dollars on one song to market it, but the things that a label could do to do. And it's just, it's far more predictable too. You have a compelling artist with a competitive product. Mm -hmm. And if you put it in front of people enough times, they're going to listen to yeah. it. And then they're going to either like it or not like it. They're going to react or not react. Right. And you just keep building from there. It's just really breaks it down to that. So yeah, that's how we're building it, man. And Josh is up to over that came out on May 10th. So that's 20 days ago as of, today mm -hmm. this will be 40 days ago when this Drops, episode yeah. comes out but as of today i think he's like over 115,000 streams mm -hmm. on spotify i don't know what the streaming count is across all of the platforms i haven't looked yet but we're just kind of gauging spotify as our our benchmark and everything else will fall suit yeah but so yeah, so that's it. So let's move on here. That, uh, yeah. Despite artists and labels' best efforts, it's now standard to hear that taking these factors into account, 
Entertainment attorneys say the industry is starting to look more carefully at viral phenomena. There's a lot of viral stuff now that doesn't get as much attention as it did a year or a year and a half ago, says Leon Marabia, an associate at Mark Music and Media Law. A lot of things that should have been signed to sing that should have been signed to single deals, like in other words, a deal just for the song, mm-hmm. labels signed to record deals, and they ended up having to replicate the success, and it was virtually impossible. They couldn't do it twice. Yeah. So they ended up with all these artists on their rosters that had they had the service that weren't actually more than one song. It was really bad. So you know, guys, you go viral, but when you go viral, it's not your traffic, is it? Like you got lucky, you got seen, you got all this exposure. But to circle back to Josh, one of the plans that we're putting in place here is the ability to invite people in to, to, first of all, to thank the people who really consume it, who really liked it with a specific message that we send them that offers them a free download in exchange for an email address. So How's it going to work? I don't know. We haven't tried it yet, but we have a plan in place to try to capture the email data so that we can then stay in touch with them for free so that we then own the traffic, right? Whoever owns the traffic rules the road, as opposed to just trying to go viral again, where again, back to the prey comment, that's up to YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, whether or not you go viral and their algorithm and if there's a way for you to stack the deck, why wouldn't you stack the deck for yourself? Exactly, yeah. The market has been correcting, adds Helen Yu, founder of music law firm U Lesberg. She said labels are backing off in terms of just chasing a number. At some point, it's coming back to recognition of talent, which means like you've got to be an artist. You know what I mean? That you can be there are hit songwriters who could never be artists. Right. Different skill set. To understand the music inside and out, Brent, you're one, right? You don't sing. I mean, yeah. let's put it this way. There are hit songwriters that could absolutely be artists if they wanted to be, but they just don't want to be. Yeah. Because you have to really want to be the artist. And so there's all that stuff in there, too, that matters. So that could be why music lawyers are noticing a new set of behaviors. For a while, there was a lot of signing going on sight unseen, Morabia says, that the pandemic temporarily made this a necessity but the need for speed meant that the practice continued beyond the pandemic. And I see a return to wanting to meet the artist in person, she continues. And I'm hearing questions, you know, can we meet the kid? Can you send us the unreleased music? We want to hear what's next in the pipeline, right? She's hearing that much more than she did before. So this is human nature, you guys. Like in the dot-com boom back in 2000s, a lot of you maybe are too young to know this, but when the internet first came out, the end of the 1990s, we had this huge dot-com boom where all the experts and all the people who've made billions of dollars on Wall Street were intoxicated with the possibility, and they were spending like $400 for a share of stock on a company that never made a dollar yet. It hadn't been proven. There was no leverage. There was no proof in the market that people, as cool as the idea was, that people were going to give a crap in the marketplace. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it all collapsed on itself because they were betting on the come as opposed to, say, buying a share of Apple stock. You know, this is a company that has a decades long history. They're constantly putting out new products. They know what they're doing. They have an audience. They have products. They have dedicated fans of the product. Mm -hmm. And that's something worth betting on, right? So the same thing happened in the music industry. They just got intoxicated with this new shiny thing and straight away from the fundamentals, right? Yeah. 
So John Frankenheimer, chair of the music industry practice at Loeb & Loeb, is a veteran lawyer who jokes, he's been doing this since the dinosaurs ruled the earth. Opportunities like this always create a frenzy, which is what we were just talking about, because people are curious to see how they can grasp the latest lightning rod, he said. Then everybody has to take a deep breath and start looking at this stuff a little more closely, a.k.a. That's the end of the article, by the way, a.k.a. Start looking at the fundamentals of this. And so what I want to encourage you guys to do is focus on the fundamentals. Okay, your one video, if it's really awesome and it goes viral, it's not going to break you. But that can be a great launching pad for your digital strategy. And, you know, what are you doing to consistently get your content in front of more than 3% of the people? So not organic. Okay. Yeah. And then what are you doing to try to convert some of those people or as many as you can into a device ID or an email address or something where you can retarget them essentially for free or a hell of a lot less than a Facebook ad or a Google ad or something like that. So I want to encourage you that. And once again, guys, download the, the PDF, whoever owns the traffic rules the road. We just, we break apart and unpack the broadcast marketing strategies and explain why they worked because the reason they worked was they were well-founded in the fundamentals of marketing, reach and frequency over and over and over and over and over again. That's right. And then on digital, if you're trying to do it like broadcast, it's a different platform. It's consumed differently. You have to change your tactics. So we also unpack the digital platform and teach you how to honor the digital platform. And then this way you can kind of see, you start asking the right questions. Well, if nobody's going to watch my killer music video more than twice, mm-hmm. you know, how do we get to seven? You're going to start asking the right questions. And then your subconscious is going to reward you. Okay, just go to giftfromjohnny.com and tell me where to send it. It's absolutely free, guys. That takes us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you uh, join the Climb community, follow the podcast, and tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 